0: The rest of us are going through this wonderful, beautiful reminder um, of what it means to be, I don't know what the pronoun- correct pronunciation would be, a, a New Hopian, a New Hopenite, I, I don't know. But if, if you if you've never filled out one of these applications, these membership applications, and you're 12 years or older, or if you just want to learn, what in the world this place is all about. I mean, I've been driving down past this place for years wondering what in the world happens here. Here's an informational packet. Actually, I'm gonna steal one. I always forget to keep one for myself. And for those of you who are members, some of y'all been members you know, longer than I've been here for sure, it's a good reminder. It's a really really good reminder about why we're here. Because none of us are here by accident. God has a divine plan and purpose for why you are here. So, you know, whether you're becoming a new member or whether you just need a reminder, feel free to grab one of these packets. um, And uh, we're going to kind of go through this together. So some of it's a little boring. Some of it's kind of exciting. But it's all part of God's plan. All part of God's plan. So, to start off, I'm going to actually kind of go through our church history. A little bit of a history lesson. Maybe my beautiful wife back there is her first time doing this. There we go. We're good now. All right. Our church history. All of us have a history. And here at New Hope, we are not concerned about what has happened in your history. That is covered by the blood. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. But at the same time, The power, the power of your testimony to set other people free lies in your past and what Jesus has done for you. So it's important to remember your history. Jesus didn't forget his death on the cross. He just said, where's your sting? And that's what Jesus does. When he heals you, you still have scars, you still remember it? I wish Jesus would take away some of the painful memories of my life. But he leaves them there. But you know what he does? He takes away their power. He binds their power so that they're just a reminder. The sting isn't there anymore. They don't have a hold on you anymore because you're a new creation, right? Okay, sorry. It's another sermon for another time. Back to history. Back in 1993. I was a 90s kid, so I, it's hard to believe I don't want to think about how long ago that was. I'm not going to do the math right now, but um, we have a grandmother church and a mother church. Our grandmother, New Life Center in Four City, planted Kiski Valley Assembly of God. Um, we, we actually youth pastored a lot of their kids back in the day when we were at Freeport. Then Kiski Assembly of God felt led to plant another church out here in Dayton, out among the Amish folk, you know? And so uh, Greg McKinn. Uh, began holding, um, you know, little cell group meetings, small group meetings, life group meetings, home, whatever you want to call them. Back at the Dayton Fire Hall. Welcome, VP. Congrats on the re-election. <laughs> We've got a powerful man in our, in our midst, of president, presidential authority at the Dayton Fire Hall. But we love the Dayton Fire Hall. That's where New Hope began. Six people hanging out together, studying the Bible together. Don't ever underestimate small Beginnings. Just a few. There's only 120 in the upper room, and now it's an international movement of billions, right? So don't ever underestimate the small beginnings. Um, So in July of 93, Pastor uh, Greg McKim of Kiske Assembly began having those meetings at the fire hall. Um, Then in November 14th of the same year, things happened pretty quickly. New Hope Assembly of God had its first Sunday morning service with Pastor Tom Ferris up at the, uh, um, actually no, it's still there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's still at the fire hall at that point. Um, i got to remember my history. That was my first pastor, by the way, back when I was a teenager. Pastor Tom, awesome man of God. Um, And so uh, he began in leadership. During that time, New Hope became a home missions church under the authority of the North Central West Section of the Assemblies of God. We'll talk about that in a minute. Then in 1995, just two years later... That's the first place I attended, 314 West Main Street up in Dayton was purchased, and that's where services were held. Yeah, a lot of good, good memories in that house, lots of good memories, lots of spiritual growth. You know, I remember with uh, you know, um, uh, Tom's wife, Roxanne, you know, being in their, their classroom upstairs, and just good times, going to the Dayton Fair and reaching out, you know, um, just, just powerful times. Love what happened there. Um, Then Pastor Tom remained senior um, pastor there until the year 2000. So for seven years he served. Then at that point they were unfortunately without a pastor, so they had different guest speakers come in from the year 2000 2002. I wasn't there during that time. I was at Lenape getting my edumacation, meeting my beautiful bride. Which, believe it or not, our youth group at the old Dayton House was me and Tom Junior. and Josh Hankins, and we go over and play basketball at the courts and. Little did I know it, but my wife was there, and she knew that those three weird guys had come and play ball and didn't know who they were, and we had fun with Diesel. It used to mess with that kid anyways. Lots of fond memories at Dayton. The, 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 the Amish teens racing, racing their buggies up, the, up and down Main Street. Good times. Anyways, but during a season of pressing in and wondering what the Lord had for New Hope, Um, you know, without leadership. Then, awesome thing happened. In September 2002, Pastor Curtis Stitt, yeah, was installed as a new pastor. He's another one of my pastors. Got baptized in the Holy Spirit under his leadership and just opened up to all kinds of new things that God wanted. Um, And just, they had, you know, New Hope experienced tremendous growth physically, spiritually under his leadership. Um, So much so that in February 2008, this building here was built. Yeah. And if you've If you've never been behind the scenes, like there's a scripture verse written on every single stud and two by six and you name it. This this whole building has been built with the word of God as its foundation. But it's just powerful. You know, the MAPS ministry came out and helped. That's why there's still RV sites out here. And just a really cool thing. Excited for what God was doing and what he was planning on doing. Um, And in fact, something else pretty awesome happened. Two years later, um, New Hope changed from a whole missions church. Um, to sovereign church. Uh, what that means is that we were no longer considered literally a missionary effort. Um, we were considered a sovereign church. And the Assemblies of God were not a denomination. So the oversight that I'm going to talk about here in a little bit, they, they, they have sort of limited authority. This is a cooperative fellowship is what it's officially defined as. That means we choose to cooperate with the Assemblies of God. But we are our own church. So whatever ends up in those plates. That's every dollar and cent that we have to support the, the ministry here. That's every, everything that we have. Um, we, are, we completely govern ourselves, um, you know, make authoritative changes on our own, hire fire at will. If you guys want to get rid of me, there's a way to do that we'll talk about here in a minute. You know, um, we're on our own, but we're cooperating with the assemblies of God. Um, it's, just, it's really cool to reach that because that means you're mature enough to be on your own. So it was a huge milestone, Um, and we were blessed to be a part of that when, you know, God had brought us in here, um, you know, not leading at that point, just just as a a fellow sheep uh, learning during that time. It was just awesome to be a part of. Then later um, that year in October... Pastor Kurt, you know, and Eileen, they began just feeling a stirring in their heart, zealous to plant. You know, they, they, they came to the conclusion that they were church planters, not really church maintainers. And so they uh, went back to their roots at Elam, um, where they, uh, you know, they, they got behind a vision that Elam Fellowship in New York had uh, to plant, um, I think it was 100 churches, and to raise up 1,000 pastors, or somewhere along those lines. It's right here. Train up 1,000 students to plant churches to see 100 churches, planted that region, you know, and, um, you know, we know that didn't fully come to pass, but um, at that time, they followed the Lord's will and they really felt like, uh, you know, we were being called to be the next pastors uh, here at the church, Becky and I, and um, so, yeah, (laughs) we spent a lot of time praying about that one and making sure we were all hearing from God and um, we were unanimously affirmed, you know, and so we're thrilled to be here on our, what, 11th going 12th year, going on 12th year. It's, it's exciting to be here. Wait, math. Math is hard. 11th year. Yeah, 11th. Yeah, 23 minus 12. I, I got my education at the old Shanock High School. They had to tear that thing down. So that's, that says a lot. <laughs> but anyways, we're excited to be here. We're still here, you know, as long as the Lord wills. And so that is where we came from. A little church history lesson another little church thing we have a governmental structure though even though we are a, a cooperative fellowship there is a structure because all of us are always in authority and under authority okay all of us always all the time there's somebody in authority over you in leadership and you are in authority in leading other people sometimes people you don't even realize you're, you're influencing and leading their lives so the assemblies of god it is a ginormous international ministry Unbelievable! All the different ministries that they have. I mean, just go to ag.org and check it out. You know, it's way bigger. You are a part of something way bigger than yourselves. Um, they are the the main office is located in Springfield, Missouri. Superintendent uh, currently is Doug Clay. They oversee. This is supposed to be like an umbrella, but I couldn't fit all that in there prettily, so we're just going to kind of follow it this way they oversee the pendel um, ministry network which literally stands for pennsylvania delaware you know just to keep things simple Um, that is located in mechanicsburg pa and the current superintendent is don immel an awesome guy Um, then a smaller part of the pendel ministry network is the north central west section which goes from we're the furthest south all the way up to the new york border up the caneway Um, and it is currently led by the presbyter James Goodman. He is the uh, pastor of Dubois. They went sovereign just a few years ago. Um, God is doing a huge work there. It's exciting to see. There's some good things happening in our section. Um, Then they oversee, Pastor Steve Cromer here, me, overseeing this body. And, of course, I don't do it alone. It is a cooperation between myself and the elders. Um, We also, our Constitution is set up to have a deacon board right now because we're small we just double team the elders. So you can imagine what those meetings are like, because they're trying to figure out the spiritual leading of where God is heading us, and also the practical of how we're gonna pay for this and how we're gonna do this, you know, how we're gonna find the volunteers. And so they've got their hands full uh, currently, and that is currently Susie Bloss, Marie Rhodes, Stanley White, Rob Olinger, and Lisa Wadding. Give them a hand, woo! They are your leaders, and I'll tell you what, it is a joy to lead with them. They are concerned for you all, for the church, for us, and it's just a genuine heart of compassion as, as they lead the church uh, into its future. So, if you ever have issues with me, go to the elders. If, if they can't get into agreement, you go to... That's pretty much the only thing that this it, it kind of... It's a spiritual covering as we follow their authority. And in fact, the only thing that makes us distinct, if you have your... This is not up here, but we call them the 16 fundies like the Dundies if you're into the office, but um. The 16 fundamental truths. These are our core doctrines. Most of this is basic Christianity. You know, um, I, I had these memorized. I had to be to be licensed and ordained, but I don't remember them all now. But you know, the Bible's the inspired word of God. There's one true God that exists as three: Father, Son, Spirit. Jesus Christ is fully God. That man sinned, fell away. Um, God saved Jesus, or uh, saved mankind through Jesus. The only way the truth the life. We believe in the ordinances of Spirit, or um, water baptism, and Holy Communion. We just celebrated one this morning. We're getting ready to do the other one. Um, baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is distinctive for us among other denominations and everything. We have all these things in common, but we have a distinctive um, desire to see the Spirit of God move in and through our lives. You know, we believe that the Spirit, as clearly it's in the Bible, I don't know how we, how we don't agree with these things, but it's clearly in the Word of God that, that He would send the Spirit, He would baptize us with the Spirit and with fire um we believe we believe that when you are baptized in the holy spirit the initial physical evidence is speaking in other tongues it's just something that the spirit enables you to do you know um sanctification that means you got saved but you ain't cleaned up yet becoming a new creation it is a lifelong effort a cooperation with you in the spirit big churchy word sanctification Uh, The church and its mission, we're here to to evangelize to the lost, we're here to be a corporate body that worships God, and we um, also are are just in pursuit of Jesus, you know, attaining his likeness. Uh, I believe in the ministry of Jesus, which includes divine healing, another one of our distinctive doctrines. We believe the Lord's desires for all of us to be healed on this side of heaven. I mean... Because what fun is it when everybody's healed in heaven? It's going to happen there when we get our new bodies, but it's a lot more fun to experience it here on the earth, right? We do believe in the blessed hope, the rapture of the church, right? Not living through the tribulation, Jesus calls us home. The dead first, those who are alive in Christ second, get called in. Jesus reigns for a thousand years, and there's the final judgment, and then the new heavens and the new earth. If you have any questions about any of those things, they're covered here. I can go over them with you. If you disagree with any of them, let me know. I love digging into the Word together. As long as we're not looking to bash each other with it, we're looking to see what God actually says about things, all right? Okay. Here's the fun stuff. This is what you will see every time you walk out of this church. Oh, yeah. We also have a mission. Our local mission here is to reach, prophetically, we've been given this prophecy so many times, a 25-mile radius and actually, believe it or not, we got some Punxsutawneyans here. I didn't know if we'd ever reach anybody there. I'm like, there's already a church there. Why would we need people there? But God's bringing them in. You know, we got some people from up in the, uh, the, the you know, the, the New Bethlehem area, right? Mayport, you're close enough. We'll call you New Bethlehemites or whatever they're called. And everywhere. We got some people from Indiana, Apollo. You know, we've, we've actually seen this happen. We've seen God bring people in from this whole, so it's so cool. You are a missionary to that region. You come here to get filled up and trained up, and then you go out. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's the the vision statement here. We exist with this vision always. No matter what the little vision is, the big vision, it needs to always be going this direction. We are always heading to gather in the lost. And yes, we love gathering people into New Hope, into the local church here. It is far more important to gather them into the kingdom of God, that they accept the free salvation of Jesus, And if this place is too odd and creepy and they like their hymns and hairs and buns, there's a church for you. We will help you find that place. The important thing is that you have been gathered into the kingdom. And we do that by regularly praying for the unsaved, by reaching out in relationships and friendship and evangelism, uh, that we invite the lost to come to church and to come into our homes. Again, we're not all about this church building. This is not the church. You all are the church. It's not about these walls. It's about you being the church. And so invite them into your homes. And yeah, invite them to come and check us out Sunday mornings or check us out online. You know, we've got people that got saved that way and we didn't even know about it until later. We also want to grow in our faith. Jesus accepts everybody just as they are, but he loves us all way too much to leave us there. He wants us to grow in our faith and we do that together through this fancy thing called discipleship. And we're praying about how to do better at discipling here at the church you know um da, 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 names are really bad daryl i'm thinking feral barrel D- daryl yeah D- the basketball plays and then daryl yes okay i'm so i'm so sorry you got another brother named daryl or is that something for everyone's time uh, i don't know anyways but discipleship growing and maturing in the word of god according to ephesians 4 4 16. This is actually a core part of our vision. We can't change that. Ephesians 4. You know, we need all of these things to be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So, we want to get established as a mature disciple because we are both a disciple of Jesus and we are sent out to make disciples, right? The Great Commission. We want to have an increased understanding and application of the scriptures. Like James teaches, it's not just enough to know and be able to quote the Word of God. You need to be able to do that. You also need to be able to apply it in your life and live it out. That's being a disciple. Um, being equipped to do the work of the gospel you have spiritual gifts and you have natural gifts we use them for his kingdom whatever you're good at let's do it let's see how we can use it to serve the community here and to serve each other and then of course we want to be able to understand those things oh i got ahead of myself you're calling your gifts so that you're serving them in the body and through the body Then finally go. So you'll see that out on the entryway every time you go out this building to remind you that we're called to gather, grow, and then go. This basically brings it full circle. Then we go out into all the world, according to the Great Commission, to lead others into a relationship with Jesus, to teach them, to train them, to mentor them, to equip them, to grow in Jesus. Um, you know, and we want to develop leadership skills and the ability to reproduce Christ in others. Uh, we do that by regularly reaching out, whether that's a church-hosted and sponsored event or whether, more often than not, it's you. God has placed you in unique places for unique purposes. You are able to reach somebody that I could never reach. You're in in relationship with somebody that I'll never be in relationship with, and you don't need a big fancy church ministry to go out and to win them for Jesus. You You can do that right where you're at. So, you know, um, we want to do events as a church to uh, to go out into the community. But most importantly is that each one of us is doing that. So gather, grow, go. That is our vision statement. Everything that we do should always be moving us further toward this goal of gathering, growing, going. That's why we don't do things just for the sake of doing them because that's the way we've always done them. We'll talk about that later. Our mission statement. So vision is like, oh, wrong direction. Vision is like where you're heading. Yeah, right? It's where you're going. Mission is who you are. And our, what we feel the Lord wants us to be here at New Hope is a loving family, right? We want to be not just a social club or a church in the religious sense. We want to be a family. And I love that because that means I'm free to make mistakes, And y'all just got to love me and support me and call me out on it and help me to, you know. We're family here. Family. We love and support one another. You know, we want to build each other up. And everybody has those family members that you're not that close with and you cringe getting together with, but you still love them. They're still family, right? It's okay. Not everybody is going to be one big click and just get along, you know. There's going to be conflict. It's okay as long as we love one another with the love of Christ. And that we try to understand each other, and where we're at, and where we're coming from, and that we're moving together, right? So the mission is to be a loving family, um, to have relevant teaching. I don't want to ever see, you know, anything from the pulpit, or any of our different ministries be taught that you can't walk out the door and live out. And I've got to remind myself of this, because sometimes I miss the mark on this one, you know? Um, Practical teaching. We don't want you to just know the word of God. We want you to know the living word of God. You know, here at New Hope, we're more experiential. And that is something else that, you know, we, we saw some direction shifts, you know, with the Ulsters. And that's okay. That's just who we are. You know, we, we, we want to not just know the, the, the written text of God. We want to experience it. God, if you said it, I want to experience it. You promised it, then it's here on earth as it is. In heaven. Like, we, we want to see those things happen. Um, dynamic worship yeah that's why i have zero skill no matter how you were deceived by the spirit this morning in leading worship or playing this guitar but we want to see the spirit able to move freely that's why we value live worship because it's a little easier than a cd to like pause or repeat and to to flow with things and we want to see more and more and more and more of the flowing of the spirit we want to see more hands-on ministry we just want to see God's kingdom here. We want to see His glory manifest here. Um, dynamic worship. This is a place where, again, you are free to worship. I know most of us are still a little not free in our worship, but if you decide to grab a flag or if you decide you want to dance around, go to the back where no one's looking at you, and you just have a party. I mean, there's only one time in the kingdom of God where it was quiet, and that's that hasn't even happened yet. So, whoo! All right. Also, kids. Kids are our future. Right? That's why we have kids' ministries, even if it's just Susie teaching or just Becky and now Amber teaching. We don't care. We don't care if one kid shows up or 20 kids shows up. There will be kids' ministries here at New Hope because they're the future of the church. As Kurt and Eileen taught us, they have not been given a junior Holy Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit. In fact, they move in the Spirit more than we do sometimes because their children don't care about what people think about them. They just do it, you know? So you get to teen years and then you got to Look and act tough and you lose all that oh which i've mentioned this several times freedom of the holy spirit you know you you'll see this sign up here that if you got something to share just come on up and if the spirit gives us the okay we still do have leadership we do protocols because we are to do everything orderly We don't want this to be a disorderly church. We want it to be orderly so that everybody can hear what God is speaking and everybody can receive what God is doing. We want to see all the gifts of the Spirit and work here. I can't wait until the day that we have the issue that the church in Corinth had. Not that me and my mm mother-in-law, not that problem. Um, We want to have the problem where everybody comes. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're family. I'm just myself. They did have that problem in Corinth. We're not going to have that problem. But um, the problem they had is that everybody came and they had something to share. They had a song of the Spirit they wanted to share. They had a word of the Lord and it was just chaos. You had rich people over here chowing down at your communion meal. And you had poor people over there that were just hungry. And they had nothing. We, we, you know, but we want, we want to have those problems. We want, we want to have the problems where the Spirit is leading. And we need to figure out how to add some organization to it. We want to see the spirit moving in freedom. I guess and I can't even box in what that's like because God said not to do that. However he moves, that's, that's what we welcome. And then finally fulfilling our purpose. And again, this goes back to, um, to your spiritual giftings and callings and your natural giftings and abilities. You're not here accidentally. And this is an area where we still need to do better as a church is figuring out who you are, what your abilities are, and then how can we get that get you plugged into the body so that you're using them in the kingdom. Um, and so we still need to do that so that you can live out your purpose and so that we can fully equip you to reach your full potential in your purpose in the kingdom of God. That's, that's our mission. That's, that's what we want to be. This is the what, the what about the church. This is something we added recently. This is the who, who we are. This is us, if, you know. I think that came to an end altogether. That, but anyways, I'm not going to read through everything, but you also see this every time you come in the church. we got this cool banner de doo out there with it. Um, but our core values, what we value here as a church, and this reminds us of who we are and how we are to minister while we're ministering. First of all, we want to love with an unstoppable love. Everything that we do, back to 1 Corinthians 13, we, we don't want tongues happening here. It's just clanging cymbal. Everyone just looks at you like you're weird and flaky. We want everything to be done in love. So that when somebody comes up and they receive ministry, even if they aren't healed, even if they aren't delivered in that moment, they know they are loved by the Heavenly Father, by Jesus, by the Spirit, and by us. Jesus said that and this is what's missing in the church I feel cuz Jesus said when the world looks at us they will know he that we are his disciples by our love for one another. Jesus said that that's basically the one commandment to love God to love others. If you're loving, you're doing it. You're fulfilling your purpose. So unstoppable unconditional love. We value, we honor all people. That doesn't mean we agree with your walks of life and your choices. What the Bible calls a sin, we call a sin. Doesn't mean we're going to mistreat you. Doesn't mean we're going to speak against you. You know, so it's a fine balanced walk in this world right now. You know, as the world is more embracing things than we are. But one thing has to be certain, and that is that we're extending love toward everybody. Everybody that Jesus brings in here, we're going to love them, we're going to honor them, we're going to value them, and of course, because we love them, we're going to call them into God's um, ways. And there's so many other things. Um, sacrificial integrity. Who is is this a tough one. Let her yes be yes and her no be no. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? But not in this crazy, busy world where we forget things right i forgot i signed up for that i forgot i was going to do that it happens but we want to strive to be better and to do better sacrificial integrity and that means that you're not up here on stage looking and acting one way and you go out in your car and you're a whole different person we want you to be yourself in here we do not want religious faces and masks we want you to be you If you are wasted Saturday night, you come stumbling in here Sunday morning with the biggest headache ever, we will give you earplugs so that everything's not so loud. And you can keep your eyes closed, you know? (laughs) Good job, Don. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Um, We want you to be you. Nothing drives me crazier than people who are not authentic. Just be you. And I'll tell you what, you want to know the way to freedom in the Spirit? Boast about your weaknesses the way that the Apostle Paul did. Then Satan can't keep you. He got nothing on you. That's how the devil keeps a foothold and a stronghold in our lives. By making us ashamed of our weaknesses and keeping them hidden. You'll never get set free. But guess what? The the enemy can't break up my marriage if I already confess my sins to my wife. Because she's not going to find out some other way through some other means and... Man, got, it's hard living in a spirit-filled family, too. Holy Spirit doesn't let you get away with much for long. Just ask our kids, you know. And it applies to us, too, you know. It, it does. Integrity. Just be you. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect. You be you and strive to do better. And we will help you and encourage you and do everything we can to, uh, to help you reach your full potential. And then finally, spirit-led ministry. We don't do anything religiously just because we've always done it that way. And I struggle with this because I do my three or four songs, and then the message, and I am religious about some things. I fall into habits. I'm a very habitual person. It's actually bad. It's to the point of OCD. You know, whenever we go out grocery shopping, I I buy my pita bread, and I know exactly how many slices of meat and cheese I need, and I know exactly how long they're going to last me. And when it doesn't last me long enough, I know somebody's been in my meat and cheese. Okay, that's I'm sorry. (laughs) There <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what I'm confessing before you this morning is it's very easy for me to develop habits and formulas. I'm a software developer by trade. I am a very logical person. Things have to make logical sense. Spirit, his logic is not the same as mine. And so what the Spirit wants to do here in this place, he is free to do. This is his church, not mine. He is the authority over me and over every one of us. So if he decides the church service is going to look different someday, it happens. And it has happened. We've had times where it was just worship and prayer and ministry, and that was it. But spirit led. That's why we don't have a lot of the typical ministries that you see in a church, because we want to do whatever ministry is effective. And we've tried so many different things. We've had all kinds of different ministry here in the church. Some of it was very effective for a very long season, and then all of a sudden, it just wasn't effective anymore. And so we're always chasing after God to ask what he wants to do and the way he wants to do it. Here at the church you'll always see worship, you'll always see prayer, you'll always see the teaching and preaching of the word. Those components are going to be a part of whatever we do. But the way we do it, it can be different. One time I put a bunch of uh, rolls of paper up here and we worship by just going through these different scriptures and drawing or writing or whatever. We've had some artistic things that we've done. We've tried different things and whatever. It's whatever the Spirit's leading, I move on. Okay, so, that's who we are, where we're going, everything about us. Next. (laughs) This is going to happen. This is absolutely going to happen. Because we are not a religious people. You don't have to look a certain way, act a certain way, dress a certain way, speak a certain way. You can be you. And oh boy, when people are free to be themselves, and when the Spirit is free to move, there's conflict. There's conflict. There's conflict in every family. Everyone. It just happens, right? Praise be to God. Jesus gave us a little handy-dandy tool of how to deal with conflict. So this doesn't just happen at New Hope. This is how we are biblically to handle conflict anywhere it happens. When you got a beef with somebody or you know they got a beef with you, this is how you're supposed to handle it. And you'll hear this called go and show in the church. Some curtain stick came up curtain stick, curtain Eileen came up with, and it's something that we're just carrying through because it is good and it is godly. You know, the first thing we're going to ask you to do, did you go to that person? Matthew 18, 15. Jesus said, if your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. And I I want to caution you, especially when it's among brothers and sisters in Christ. I would be willing to say that 95% of the time, they didn't even know they offended you. And they didn't do what they did intentionally just to tick you off. Now there are some malicious people and sometimes people do things on purpose and it's nasty and we deal with it. But the first thing that you're to do is not be like, hey, what's your problem? Why would you do that? Why would you say that? Why would you embarrass me that way? You know? We're going to talk about how to do it in a godly way, but you go and you're like, hey, you know, the other day whenever you know we were you know before worship practice and whatnot we were praying and you said that like it kind of hurt kind of dug in you know and you can share that and again like 90 some percent of the time they're they're gonna be like I'm so sorry I didn't realize that please forgive me and you're good you resolve it here if they're like whatever that's your problem I am who I am and I ain't changing for nobody then you go to the next point you take two or three other people and I encourage you to take neutral people with you. Okay. Don't build up an army against the person. Okay. Don't, don't tell people, Oh, you'll never believe what happened the other day. And, and then they're all fired up and angry and like, okay, let's go. Grab your pitch and your torches and pitchforks and let's go talk to this person and set them straight. No, pick neutral people who care about both of you equally and they care more about your relationship than they do either one of you. Right? Jesus said, if they do not listen, take two, one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And again, he's quoting the Old Testament word of God. Everything must be established by two or three witnesses. Um, and I also love that, you know, where two or three or more are gathered, Jesus is right there. So what are you really doing in this case? You're inviting him into the situation. And talk about it. And really, the purpose of those other people Is to be neutral mediators. To try to get us to understand each other. We don't have to agree with each other. I can still think that they were wrong for what they did. And they can think I was wrong. But at least we understand each other. Okay, I understand how you could have interpreted it that way. And how, you know, that may have hurt. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit doesn't just pour out knowledge and wisdom. The Holy Spirit pours out understanding. Understanding. So that's that's the ultimate goal here. Then... If they still refuse to listen, then you call in Pastor Steve and the elders. Then things get serious. And we've, we've gone to this place, unfortunately, when I first came on board, way more times than I wanted to. And, oh, does it hurt. Trust me, myself and the elders, none of us ever go into any of these meetings clicking our heels with joy. This is a, a burden. Any broken relationship is a burden on everybody. When one part of the body suffers, it all hurts. That's why we want to see us whole and complete and mature. Matthew 18, verse 17. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would an ungodly person, right? Treat them as you wouldn't even a godly person. And, you know, this, you come, we try to mediate. We, we seek out the Lord's will in it. We try to bring, because the, the ministry we've been given above all is to reconcile. There always, always has to be a path of reconciliation. Otherwise, you are not walking in the spirit of God. You're not walking in his wisdom. No matter how bad and nasty and wrong things may have been, there always has to be a path of reconciliation that leads to restoration. There always has to be that path. That path, both of you have to walk. If one's not willing, you can't force a relationship with somebody else. Both of you have to be willing to walk that path. But that path has to exist. And that's what us as church leadership tries to seek out. What is that path of restoration and reconciliation? And then finally, you treat them as an ungodly person. Like, yeah! I get to get, give them what they deserve, right? Well, how does Jesus teach us to treat ungodly people? <laughs> Love them, pray for them, right? Love your enemy, pray for them. If they steal from you, give them something else. If they force you to walk them, out, walk the extra mile. They smack one cheek, turn the other, you know? Love your enemies. Pray for those who mistreat you. Pray for them. Not the way that the, the, the sons of thunder prayed, that God's fire would rain down on them. Pray for them. Pray God's blessing. You know, pray for them. And, and if it is something that they're caught up in, that they disagree with, pray that God would bring them to their senses so they can escape that trap of the devil. Right? Sometimes people get trapped up in stuff and they don't see it as a trap. Pray for them. And Peter came to Jesus. He asked, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister's sins against me? Up to seven times? Because that's the biblical number of completion, right? And Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Not seven, but 77 times. And don't even count. Lo- I hope that you lose count by the time you get to 77. Because that was the whole point of this. You just keep forgiving. You forgive as the Lord forgave you. And guess what Jesus said? If you do not forgive as the Lord forgave you, neither will he forgive you. Our relationships with each other are just as vital as our relationships with the Father. Jesus takes it personally the way you treat those created in his image. Now they may not be walking in his image right now, but they were created in his image. And so he takes it personally the way that we treat one another. Whew. So that's heavy. That's how we deal with our conflict in the body of Christ. We go and show. And if you have this, I don't know if I have the rest of it. now. Nah. We're gonna get on to our meal here. But um, there's some other information in these packets. Um, if you want to take a look at them, um, practical guides for resolving conflict, these are just some tips. Things like using I statements, not blaming and accusing. The enemy accuses. What does, the, what does Jesus do? He defends. The enemy accuses us day and night before the Father. Jesus defends. There's also a whole paper in here on why we do what we do. Why do we do this? Why do we have audible praise to God? Why do I got to open my mouth? there's a lot of good stuff here about why you need to open your mouth why do we stand when we sing why do we clap our hands why do we lift our hands you know why do we do this why do we do that why do we there's all kinds of things why do we use instruments why what is prophecy why do we do that why in the world do we use this oil on people's heads when they're sick why do we do that why do we dance why do we use banners why do we use flags i mean there's all kinds of stuff here why we do what we do and what you'll find is there's scripture for every single thing Everything that we want to do here has to be guided by the Word of God. It's all biblical. If we're doing something that's unbiblical, go and show. All right? Before you go and show, look in the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about it. We also have our lovely church constitution and bylaws. If, you're, if you really are into like law, you'll like this. There's some interesting surprises in here. Dig into it. It's fun. Um, these are cool two tests. And they're not right or wrong tests. These are just tools to use to figure out why am I the way that I am? If your spouse has ever asked you that, this will be revealing. Why are you the way that you are? And I'll walk you through this because this usually explains your conflict. It is simply the reality that you were created by God the way that you are and opposites attract, right? Opposites attract. Things that used to be And it causes conflict, right? But this is just a cool person. It's just a, I'm more this, I'm more this, I'm more this. And then at the end of it, you realize that you fall into two of these four categories and you can see your strengths and weaknesses. And chances are, you'll be like, yep, that's me. That is absolutely me. And this is why me and this kind of person sometimes have conflict. And they're not trying to irritate me or disagree with me. And just because, you know, they never show up on time. Well, that's because this is the kind of person they are. And I'm this kind of person. And we're opposites. And so it's not that it's wrong. It's just different. And so we learn how to love one another and follow the spirit that guides us together in unity. Finally, this is Wagner's gift. I I love this test. So this is why we still use it. It's a little outdated, but it's based on the Word of God, which is never outdated. So finding your spiritual gifts. Um, This kind of walks you through some different things, learning kind of who you are in the body. And I encourage you to do this on a regular basis because as you grow and mature, I've found that my giftings actually change. Sometimes it's because of different seasons of life that you're in. I need some gifts that I didn't have before, didn't need before. So it's just kind of cool to take his personal inventory and figure out who you are and what your giftings are. The way God has created you. Finally, if you've sat through all of this and you're so hungry, but you you made it through it. And you want to be a member here at New Hope. On the left-hand side, there's this little application basic information name date address phone number um, just different biblical things of um, you know that you identify with us you want to be um, an active member you're you're willing to follow you know our constitution bylaws and everything i laid out here you know maybe the date that you were water baptized or spirit baptized or you're not and you want to be and all that information um, is all here and then finally for everybody new members and old members alike I forgot to mail this out. Please forgive me. Our annual membership commitment. We don't make you prick your finger and write in blood, but I do have a ton of lancets if you want to do it that way. We we can make that happen. But what this is is not a checklist of, yeah, I'm going to do that. Nope, not doing that one. Forget about that. What this is is just a reminder of what God's word already calls us to do. It's, I need this reminder as your pastor and as your leader here. I need a reminder of things that, oh boy, I, I really need to stop doing that. Grumbling, yeah. I got the spirit of grumble sometimes. I just I have a negative perspective sometimes, and I got to change that. It's just a reminder, a reminder of what it means to be a member here. It's an annual commitment, and it's, it's not between you and the church. It's not like I'm going to install spyware on your computer and make sure that you're not looking at anything inappropriate. You know, we, if you haven't noticed, I'm not an authoritarian leader as much as my flesh is. And I struggle with that a lot. We want everyone to reach your full potential. And if you're struggling in an area, no big deal. Let us help you in that area. You know, and if you want to keep it secret, we'll find a brother or sister in Christ that will keep it secret and help you through it. Um, anyway, so this is for everyone to fill out. You didn't get yours by mail, if you're a member already. They're out on the Welcome Center. Make sure you grab one. And if you forget about it, we'll remind you again in the meeting. But with all that being said and done, are there any questions? I covered a lot of ground. This used to take weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. We whittled it down to one, so it's like like a fire hose of information, you know? It doesn't give you a lot of time to drink it and soak it in and figure out things. Yes? Mm. Yeah. Shout it out. There's anything you like about being a member here. <laughs> I love the fact that we can just be real and honest with each other. It took us a long time to get to that point, and, and I really do appreciate it. I appreciate your grace. There are things that I share with, uh, you know, with everybody that could, most, you know, when I was going through my mentoring season to become ordained, you know, they're like, no, 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 you should only share that with Uh, you know other pastors and whatnot it's like I am who I am I share from the pulpit you know and uh, and it's not in a boastful way it's just uh, I've got room to grow too I do not have it all together you know I'm trying to but man, my, my kids bring it out of me sometimes, you know, that I don't have it all together. But um, yes, and I'm sorry, oh yes, I'm sorry. Thank you whoever shared that. Um, also someone who was a, a part of our New Hope family for a while, and they're still part of the family, just extended family, don't attend regularly. Uh, for those of you who know Rick and Nicole Lias, uh, Ricky, he's, he, he was in Hershey and now he's moved on to another uh, hockey league as he's finish, finishing out his senior year of school, um, remote learning. Like he's he shifted into adulthood very early. Um, you know, living on his own and everything. Um, last night he was in the Bronx at a, uh, a hockey game, and he got checked into the corner of the wall, and um, at, at first he he couldn't feel his legs at all. Um, thankfully the Lord's healed him up a little bit. He can feel his legs, but he can't move them yet. Um, a couple of the vertebrae have been damaged. I don't know, Becky was sharing a little bit this morning from Nicole, but we want to uh, make sure we pray for them, you know, along with um Shannon and Chad and um Beau and the whole family so I don't know, someone else want to lead us in prayer I've been talking so much this morning it's feel like a fresh voice Lisa would you be willing to <laughs> <Sure. laughs> try to go for the cell phone I'm sorry
1: no Shannon yeah any Father God, we just come to you now in Jesus' name. We thank you for everything that you do for us, Father God. We thank you that Billy is here in the house today, and we expect um, Cheryl to be back soon, and we are praying for Glenda, for peace and comfort, and we still believe that you can lay your healing hands on her, Father God. And Father God, we pray for Shannon and Chad and little Bo and this little baby girl, Father God. I just ask you, Father God, right now to breathe life into that baby girl. You, we prayed um, when Lily was being born very early, two months early, that you just pre- breathe your life into her. And I pray the same thing for this baby girl, for Shannon and Chad, Father God, that you'd breathe your life into her. And I pray for Ricky as he's laying in that bed, not being able to um, move his legs, Father God, that you will just lay your healing hands on him, Father God, that he can just, will be able to walk and run and play hockey and do what you meant for him to be, or do, Father God. We just ask for complete restoration of his lumbar spine, Father God. We just ask for all this in Jesus' name, and we thank you um, for the food that we're about to eat, Father God, and we thank you for all the people that helped prepare it, Father God, and everyone that brought dessert. And we just thank you that um, as the new members sign their membership, Father God, that um, they know that they're not signing anything other than just becoming a family here at New Hope, Father God, and that we all are sick and in need of you. And we're not, when Pastor Steve's talked about, um, you know, God takes us just as we are. So we are not here to say, oh, we've made it and We're perfect because we are far from perfect, Father God. We need you, and that's why we're here. And that's why we need you, Jesus. We need you in our life, and we um, want to grow and gather people, and like Pastor Steve said, it's not even to take people from other churches, Father God. We want to save the lost, and we just thank you for everything that you do for us, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen.